Monsters. My name is Erin and I'll be your host for these little snack bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture and where you can see these represented in modern day content so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. This week, we're heading over to the pyramids for the first time. How terrible, I can't believe we haven't done it. There are definitely going to be more of these, just as a heads up. We're looking at one of the lesser known creatures of Egyptian mythology, the Bennu bird. And you might have heard of this, you might not. Either way, we're going to cover it today. The Bennu is described as a gigantic heron who was self-created with the world in Egyptian myth. Now that sounds really cool, right? And actually, the Bennu is not just a bird, it is a deity. And usually I steer quite clear of the religion and god figures, but the Egyptians were very into myth monsters that coincided with their pantheon of gods. You can tell that just from looking at a picture of the pantheon of their gods. Think Anubis, think of him, that's what I do. But we'll get into that later. This bird, although I've included it in this podcast, wasn't really much of a monster. It was never vicious or killed people, just very much a sentient, sacred bird who was worshipped. It was very literally just a heron, with a two-feathered crest on its head. It also came in a beautiful variety of colours, with red or golden plumes on the head. It had a long pointed bill and long neck and legs. They were worshipped alongside the gods Ra, Atum and Osiris, who were like the big boy gods. Ra is the Egyptian king of the gods, Osiris is the god of fertility and death, and Atum is the god of all existence, especially primordials. So these are no small gods, these are full on in the Egyptian pantheon. It was worshipped primarily in Heliopolis, which is mainly a religious city and now is located in An Shams, a northeastern suburb of Cairo. It's sometimes pictured sitting atop a Benben stone, which is a holy stone to Ra, or upon a willow tree branch wearing the Atef crown, which is sacred to Osiris. The Bennu symbolises rebirth, resurrection, creation and regeneration. And you might recognise this with another mythical creature, and actually another mythical bird, the phoenix from Greek mythology. And if you didn't know it was from Greek mythology, there's a fun fact for you. It's said that the Bennu was the original inspiration for the phoenix, as the Bennu did technically come first due to the idea that the phoenix dies every 500 years and rebirths from the ashes. It's also generally created and powered by the sun. But don't worry, we'll cover this in another episode at some point, so I won't go too into this now. Now, I mentioned earlier that they were a deity, and the reason they are is they've got got a couple. But in order to explain them, let me explain the creation myth of Egyptian mythology. According to the pyramid texts written on the walls of the pyramids, the world was said to be created by Atum, the primordial god of creation. In the beginning, the world was literally just an infinite expanse of dark and directionless waters called Nun. Nun was kind of a physical being and was personified as four pairs of male and female deities. 
Each couple was one of the four parts of none, invisibility, water, lack of direction, and darkness. Atum then created himself out of none by saying his own name. Sounds a bit snobby to me, but it seemed to work for him. Then the creator god emerged from the darkness of none as the Bennu bird. He then flew to the Heliopolis and at dawn he sat upon the Benben, which is that obelisk I was talking about earlier. It represents the ray of the sun. He then made a very fancy nest out of spices and herbs and then burst into flames, as you do. Then miraculously came back to life. It's often linked to the yearly overflow of the Nile, which is also a real good sign of fertility and life. So kind of another thing that links it to a creation or the creation myths. Also, the Bedou was considered the bar of Ra. What is a bar, Erin? And it's not the noise a sheep, well it is the noise a sheep makes, but what is the bar in this context? The ancient Egyptians believed that when you died, you became parts of a soul and your bar was actually your personality and that would remain after you have passed on, kind of as a spirit kind of thing. The physical appearance of a bar was a bird with a human head, which is the opposite of Ra if you decide to have a look at him, he is a human body with a bird head. Also the obelisk I mentioned in the creation story a minute ago, they're holy to Ra too as they are tributes to the sun. Here I can also kind of talk about the Bennu's etymology. It comes from the word Wibin, which means to shine, and Wibin is spelt W-B-N. So I'm pronouncing it as if I know. I've looked this up. There is nowhere to figure out where this is kept or stored or imagined. So I'm imagining in my very English self, that's what it says. It's probably not, but it's W-B-N. It does mean, though, to shine, which is lovely. As in the story, the Bennu regenerates itself, as does the sun, which the Egyptians seem to know, and therefore linked rebirth to the power of the sun. And so the Bennu, as a bird that also regenerated itself, was linked to the sun, and in turn, the god Osiris, who famously was reborn when he was cut into pieces and made into the first ever mummy. In the Book of the Dead, one of the most famous ancient Egyptian texts, it says that Osiris says, I go in like the hawk, I come forth like the Bennu, the morning star of Ra, I am the Bennu which is in the Heliopolis. So in essence, the Bennu was considered the resurrected Osiris, which is kind of cool too. It's generally a very big sacred animal. It did also have some really cool titles as an animal too. It was known as the Lord of Jubilees and he who came into being by himself. It's a really long one. I think the latter's a bit long, but it is also quite cool. And this bird has a lordship, people. Bow down. That's how important this bird is. Now, in modern life, it's actually believed that the Bennu is an extinct species of heron called the Bennu heron in honour of the creature. This was believed to be from the UAE and went extinct around 1500 BC. These were over six foot tall and had a wingspan of up to nine feet, which means it was bigger than the biggest species of heron, the Goliath heron, which if you look at pictures of them, they're massive, so you can imagine how big these birds were. However, fun fact is that an explorer called James Burton found 15 feet tall nests in 1822 along the Gulf of the Suez in Egypt, and they've never actually been able to figure out what bird these belong to. So maybe they do still roam around and we just don't see them. Who knows? 
Now for this week and cultural significance, it's a bit tricky because these birds are generally not really covered in any media. However, you can look at the original pyramid art on Google if you just look up Bennu bird. Highly recommend having a look at these. They are very classic, very old drawings of birds. And you can just kind of gather how embedded these are into the ancient Egyptian culture. For other more modern cultural bits like movies, TV and video games, I'm going to talk about some of my favourite Egyptian based movies. They might not be specifically about Bennu birds, but you can gather some more bits about the Egyptian pantheon and culture back in ancient Egyptian times. For movies, I would highly recommend by far my favourite, which is The Prince of Egypt. It's an animated musical film that came out in 1998. It has so many big names in, Val Kilmer, Ray Fiennes and Michelle Pfeiffer to name a few. It's been turned into a West End musical, I'm not sure if it's on Broadway, but I actually saw it just before the pandemic hit and Honestly, I'm a proper theatre nerd, I did a masters in playwriting and trust me I know good theatre and it was exceptional. So much so, that I actually was recorded by the advertisers after the show for the press and you can still see this in all their advertising. I'll post it on the Twitter because I've already embarrassed myself by just talking about it. Another few films are Gods of Egypt from 2015 which is terrible, don't recommend, but why not? Mummy from 1999, which I do recommend because Brendan Fraser, ooh, yes. And if you really fancy it, Death on the Nile from 1978, it's a bloody good film. You'd really enjoy it if you just sat down and watched it, even though it is quite ancient. For TV, you've got American Gods, Mummies Alive, Stargate, The Secrets of Isis and Teutonstein. Many of these, if you can guess, are kids' shows based on the title, but they're honestly worth a look. I still really enjoy animated stuff as an adult, and who knows, you might too. Lastly, for the video games, we have The Age of Mythology, Ankh, Assassin's Creed Origins, Entombed, Lara Croft and the Temple of Osiris, Titan Quest, Smite, and The Valley of Kings, just to name a few here. Also, if you're a bit of a science nerd like me, there's actually a meteor named Bennu at the moment, which is currently hurtling through the atmosphere. It's either a comet or a meteor. It's a rock that NASA have called Bennu. So if you're into the sciencey stuff, they've also named that. Who knew? For my book recommendation this week, I would suggest Religion in Ancient Egypt, Gods, Myths and Personal Practice by John Baines for any proper Egyptian mythology nerds out there. For the not so intense readers, Egyptian Mythology, A Guide to the Gods, Goddesses and Traditions of Ancient Egypt by Geraldine Pitch is a really good one to get you started. Now it's time for Do I Think They Existed? Now, a bit of a weird one because I am pretty convinced that the Bennu bird did actually exist. And I can't really say that I don't think they did. They did actually find skeletons of them. Just as a fun fact, we do get quite a few herons over here in the UK. And they are magnificent birds if you've not seen them before. Actually, the last one I saw was on the lock between Hackney Downs and Limehouse in London when it went kayaking in the summer. And it completely did not care that I almost smacked it by accident with my oar. However, much like the phoenix, I imagine they're very much based on an actual bird. It's said that the holy bird of a tomb was actually a small yellow wagtail bird. So if you look this up, they're tiny. They look very similar to kind of a UK blue tit, if you've seen one of those. So it might just be that these birds are super magic and we don't know it. Who, who knows? Although I hate to say it, and I love birds, I do really doubt that they are more sentient beings than they already are. But again, maybe they're secretly the creators of the universe and they called forth the primordial god of creation. 
Who bloody knows? We've got to that point where I say who knows more than my own name. This was quite a tough one actually, only as I kind of knew very little about the Egyptian creation myth and generally Egyptian mythology as a whole. I actually knew someone when I was a lot younger, about 17. One of my ex-boyfriend's friends was a Egyptian witch, she was a pagan, and actually introduced me into paganism, which I've proudly been a member of since I was about 18. Um, I do not worship the Egyptian gods, but she opened my eyes as to how the Egyptians generally practiced all of their religion and how they worshipped, and it was absolutely amazing. But I did do a lot of this in school. I did a lot of Egyptian stuff, and I don't know why. I grew up in Essex. I've never even been to Egypt. But it's really interesting. It's a mythology that calls out to be heard about with those gigantic pyramids left in Cairo now. But next week, we're heading over to Latin America. It's been a while to look at the legendary Chupacabra, who chomps up livestock so intensely they had to make up a creature about it. Bring your torch and pitchforks next Thursday to hear more about this absolute legendary cryptid. For now, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you're listening on. I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next, and I'd really love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok and Instagram are Myth Monsters Podcast, and the Twitter is Myth Monsters Pod. All of our content can be found at mythmonsters.co.uk. You can also find us on Good Pods now. I've signed it all up. I'm also signed up to Patreon if you feel like donating and helping me out with the cost of this podcast. If you really enjoy it, it would be muchly appreciated and I will love you forever. But come join the fun next week. Share this with your pals. They might love me as much as you do. But for now, stay spooky and I'll see you later, bugs. Thank you.